Welcome to the Edge of Sports Podcast. I'm Dave Zirin. We have a bit of a truncated show this week, but you want to tune in because you're going to hear what I have to say about the National Basketball Association and vaccines, which is what is on everybody's mind, especially as some of my favorite players are coming forward as anti-vaccine, which is very tough uh, to, to just get your head around. So I try to make some sense of it. Also, I've got Jake's Takes. Jake's Takes! And uh, we're going to learn who Jake is looking at for the National Football League Week 4. And then I'm going to say goodbye because we're going to Denver this weekend. And that's all I got to say about that. All right. Got family out there. Not that you asked. I've got some choice words to start off that I'm calling being pro-NBA player means being pro-vaccine. Okay, look. Many of America's pro athletes are union workers, albeit union workers with a decidedly distorted social position relative to organized working class people more broadly. They benefit greatly from collective bargaining, and as is the case for all workers, unions are pro athletes' best friend. Just do your own investigation into what conditions and wages were like before unions. Pro sports were part playground, part sweatshop. But while most athletes treasure their union, they are also in a hyper-individualistic environment where individual contracts are signed and competition for roster spots is fierce. This can be at odds with the development of collective consciousness and solidarity. Right now, this contradiction is biting the NBA in the ass, as workplace safety is being challenged by a small group of players in the name of a kind of faux hyper-macho individualism and attraction to right-wing conspiracy theories more in line with John Wayne than with John Carlos. A minority of high-profile NBA players are refusing the COVID-19 vaccine, earning the praise of sewer dwellers everywhere from social media to the U.S. Senate. Ted Cruz, a person who has openly attacked NBA players for standing against police violence and for black lives, has offered them his unequivocal support with the trollish hashtag, your body, your choice. As Michael Lee of the Washington Post responded, if people I'd never rock with suddenly started co-signing what I've said or done, I'd have to reevaluate what I said or did. Given the history of how the institutions of science and medicine have been used for racist ends, along with everything else this country has done to earn valid mistrust, it is not surprising that these doubts exist. But to hear prominent NBA players like Kyrie Irving, who have spoken out against systemic racism, now produce sound bites for the radical right is extremely jarring and we shouldn't pretend otherwise. These are players that have stood taller than all others, save perhaps the WNBA, which by the way has a 99% vaccination rate, in support of the movement for black lives. This is a league that started the August 2020 sports strike wave that began with the Milwaukee Bucks and quickly spread throughout the game. Now people are shocked to find that some of those same players are not only failing to lead on this issue, but even standing proudly for the idea that they don't have to care how their actions affect others. Anti-vaxxer forward Andrew Wiggins said, I'm just gonna keep fighting for what I believe. When asked what it was that he believed, he responded, none of your business. I mean, he has the right to believe what he wants. He can choose not to believe in gravity, but that won't help him if he falls out of an airplane. The tragic truth, is that Wiggins' vaccination status is in fact the business of everyone he breathes on in his team's facility. Yes, star Wizards guard Bradley Beal is correct that people who have been vaccinated still get the virus, but that's like saying people who play football in helmets still get concussions. It's still dangerous, but given the choice, you want that helmet. 
Even LeBron James, who was vaccinated, was asked if he would speak out and call for all players to take the shot. And he responded, we're talking about individuals' bodies. We're not talking about something that's political or racism or police brutality, things of that nature. We're talking about people's bodies and well-being. So I don't feel like for me personally that I should get involved in what other people do for their bodies and their livelihoods. I agree and disagree with this. First of all, it is about people's bodies and livelihoods. And by not getting the shot, the anti-vaxxers are putting everyone's body and livelihood at risk. If Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic, who Rolling Stone reported was influenced to not get the vaccine by watching Trump press conferences, although Isaac has since said that's incorrect, still refuses the shot and gets his teammates sick, that is very much messing with people's bodies and livelihoods. As for LeBron's statement that this is not a political issue like racism or police brutality, that's just wrong too. The vaccine is absolutely a political and social issue. Solidarity is a political issue. Community health is a political issue. Look at the people lining up against it. The police unions, the worst of the Republican Party, the radical right. These are people who don't believe in solidarity or community good, and they yawn at the thought of black and brown folks bearing the brunt of this horrific virus. The media amplification of this very small minority of players has pushed the NBA to say, any player who elects to not comply with local vaccination mandates will not be paid for games that he misses. That the union has allowed the bosses to be the voice of vaccinations was a grave error. National Basketball Players Association uh, president, Michelle Roberts, has issued this comment on vaccination rates among NBA players. Over 90% of our players are fully vaccinated. Nationally, an average, only 55% of Americans are. The real story is not why vaccination isn't mandated in the NBA. The real story for proponents of vaccination is how can we emulate the players in the NBA? Her point is well taken, but this is a dodge from the issue at hand. The NBPA is certainly not the only union by any stretch. Hello, Teamsters that sees its role as defending the right of its members to not get the shot, and then by definition increasing the likelihood that other members will get sick. The union, and frankly all unions, should be out front of this issue and fighting for not only players but also all workers in the business of basketball to have access to vaccinations, boosters, and whatever they need to be as safe as possible in these diseased times. They also should be fighting for the best possible health care so if anyone does get sick, there will be a road back to health. That is what solidarity is all about. I don't even know what to call this current calamity, but I know that if Ted Cruz were cheerleading my actions, I'd strongly reconsider what the hell I was doing. So that's what I got to say about that. We'll be back right after this, after a quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, The Nation Magazine, and you could hear some of Jake's takes. We'll be back right after this, but first, a quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, The Nation Magazine. Okay, look, the need for independent journalism has never been more important, and The Nation brings it each and every week like they've been doing since 1865. I'm serious. This is what you gotta read. It's The Nation Magazine. Go to thenation.com slash subscribe, and please never forget that when you support The Nation Magazine, you are also supporting the continued existence of this podcast. So please subscribe. Go to www.thenation.com slash subscribe. And now, back to the Edge of Sports podcast. We are back on the Edge of Sports podcast. Now's the part of the show y'all have come to love. It's when my son, Jacob, chooses this week's NFL games. We call it 
Jake's Takes. Jake, before we start, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, week three, how did you do on your picks? I went 11-5. and five. Wow, that's 11-5. and five. And then the previous week, you went 11-5. and five. And the week before that, you went eight and eight. So you're you're like you're thirty, 30 and, eighteen. and eighteen. Yep. That's that's good. That's good. Yeah. Anything over sixty percent, I'm gonna have to bring you to Vegas. Uh, sneak you in. You have to get you a fake mustache and beard. Sound good? What are you nodding your head for? This is podcast. Sound good? Yes, it does sound good. Excellent. All right. So now let's go through week four. Uh, let's see what your picks are. Okay. Starting with Thursday night, Jaguars Bengals. Who you got? Man, Jamar Chase has looked electric these first three games. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was Offensive Rookie of the Week. I mean, sorry, Offensive Rookie of the Month. He's just he's been scoring a lot of touchdowns. I'm going to take the Bengals on this one. The Jaguars have looked trash. Okay, Titans-Jets. This game should not be close at all. I'm taking the Titans in a landslide. In a laugher. Okay, Lions-Bears. This is one of my upsets of the week. Give me the Detroit Lions. Justin Fields in his second career start. I think he's starting. Um, the Lions, they looked really good last week against the Ravens. They probably should have won that game if we didn't have the best kicker of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so Lions it is. And I'm not sure if I'd call that an upset given they're going against Justin Fields in his second start. Okay, you're giving me a look. It's an upset. It's an upset. It's an upset. Okay. Uh, moving on, Colts Dolphins. That's now, a tough one. The, I, that's a tough one. The Colts are zero and three to start the season. They have Jacoby Brissett starting for the Dolphins after Tua gets a hip injury. Something. I think it was. Yo, it was Jacoby Brissett revenge game. And it's not going to be a revenge game. Give oh. me the Colts. <laughs> you like the Colts? Okay. Jacoby yeah. Brissett revenge game just sounded cool for a second, though. Oh, another tough one. Browns Vikings in Browns Minnesota. Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings. They they won last week against the Seahawks. That was one of my that was one of my L's this this past week. Um, but I'm going to go the Cleveland Browns. They've mm. looked good. They almost won against the Chiefs week one. They've looked really good. Okay, excellent. Um, Washington against the Falcons. Um, Washington got beat last week against mm. the Bills. It was like forty-three to twenty-one. They, I mean, they. Everybody thought they were going to be really good because of that defense, but that mm. defense gave up a bunch of points against. I mean, it is a really good offense, but it should have been a lot closer. I am going to take the. Football team, though. No. In Atlanta, wow. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Oh, wow. Wow, you were wrong last week picking against Atlanta. And, Just pointing that out like any father again. would. I'm going to do it again. You were wrong on your picks, son. Okay, Texans in Buffalo playing the Bills. This game is going to be a blowout. I mean, I know Josh Allen is going to tear up this Texans defense. Mm. Davis Mills. Painful. I mean, Davis Mills, he looked okay in his first start. Davis Mills, I'd rather see Stephanie Mills. I wish Tyrod was playing. It would have been such a fun game. Yes. It would actually be a lot, would have been a lot better game. But I'm going to go the Buffalo Bills. You don't know who Stephanie Mills is, do you? No. Great singer from back in the day. Mm-hmm. She sang the theme song to Fletch. Okay, Giants playing against New Orleans, playing the Saints. Uh, I was really thinking about this one for a while. I like the Giants. They are 0-3. 
Daniel Jones has looked actually okay, which I didn't expect, but I am going to go the New Orleans Saints, Janice mm. Winston. I don't even know if they're know. playing at home or in Jacksonville, or I don't know They're the playing, state. I'm pretty sure, in Jacksonville. Okay, well, that's where Jameis went off week one, so. That's true. Keep feeling that. The disappointing Kansas City Chiefs playing in Philadelphia against the Eagles. Tough environment. This is going to be a bounce-back game for those Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that defense has not looked good, but, you know, when you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, you should be able to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Well said. Uh, that's how I feel. Carolina Panthers. Ooh, this is an interesting one, playing in Dallas. Now, Carolina has looked good. They haven't faced the greatest teams. Um, Jameis and the Saints are pretty good, but I am going to go the Dallas Cowboys. They have looked really good. I mean, they're 2-1 to start off the year, and their only loss was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are arguably the best team in football. And I'm going to go the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, I miss one when we differ. I'm taking Carolina. Seahawks 49ers. This is going to be a good game. Two really above-average teams, um, 49ers with Jimmy G, of course the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. Give me the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, that is an upset because I strongly disagree with you. Therefore, it's an upset. All right, Arizona. Oh, my goodness. I don't know who you're going to pick. Arizona Cardinals against the Rams in L.A. Who am I going to pick? I'm going to pick the best team in football, L.A. Rams. Come on. Wow. Two MVP candidates, and Matt Stafford is going to go off this week. Wow. Give me the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, I think I disagree on that one, too. I like the Cardinals in an upset. Steelers in Green Bay, two of the oldest franchises in the National Football League. Who do you like? I like the Green Bay Packers. They had a really, really bad week one, but then they've bounced back and bounced back. It's, it's going to go really well. The Steelers, oh, my God, they've looked rough. I mean, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, jeez. Looks older than me. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, oh. do you think I, I'm at least, like, half as good a quarterback as Ben Roethlisberger right now? No. No. He's an NFL no, quarterback. He's an NFL quarterback, yeah. I was just curious what you'd say. Not even an eighth. No, not even an eighth. Not even an eightieth. But I was 80th. just honestly curious what you'd say. Um, all right, this one I'm holding my breath. Your Baltimore Ravens going to Mile High in Denver to play the Broncos, the three and O Broncos, whose quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is completing seventy seven percent of his passes. Who do you like? Give me the Denver. Broncos. Oh my gosh. Are I you mean serious? the Denver oh I wanna pick the Ravens, but man, Denver's looked good. I know they've faced really bad teams. I know, but that defense is so good on every single level. D line. Bradley Chubb did get injured, but they do have, of course, one of the best pass rushers of this decade, Von Miller. They have an elite secondary, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Patrick Sertain, Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller. The list goes on and on and on. They look great. It's going to be a really close matchup. It's going to be low scoring. Yeah, I agree with that. Give me the Denver Broncos in a close one. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right. That that one took me by surprise. It hurts a little. I'm getting a little, a little misty. All right. Buccaneers in New England against the Patriots. Tom Brady revenge game or Bill Belichick revenge game? What do you got? This is the game of the week no matter what the outcome is. No matter what, this is the game of the week. Tom Brady is going to show 
He doesn't need Bill Belichick. He's already shown that, but give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, my goodness. And this is actually one hell of a Monday night game. Your Las Vegas Raiders against the Los Angeles, but they're actually the San Diego Superchargers. Who do you got? This is actually going to be a great game. Las Vegas has looked unreal. Derek Carr has looked unreal. I like the Raiders' offense. I like Darren Waller. I also like the Chargers. Justin Herbert has looked pretty good. His last game was unreal against the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers. Wow, I love that pick. And one last thing there, Jacob Zirin here on Jake's Takes. We always do a section that we call Bet the House, one game that you think people should bet their house on. You haven't missed a Bet Your House pick yet, so please let us know on which game should we bet the house. I'm going to bet the house on the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Over the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Bet the house. Ben Roethlisberger, he sucks. Stop. Let's be nice. Let's be nice. But you think we're at a point where we put the fork in these Steelers under Roethlisberger? Yeah, I think think Green Bay will come out top, though. All right. That's our pick. Bet your house on it. Green Bay Packers in Green Bay putting just the shrimp fork in the eye of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, that was a very pleasant image. Well, that's all that we have this week for Jake's Takes. Uh, Jake, any last words for the people? Just thank you for having me. (laughs) I appreciate that. You seem to direct that at me, but it's really the people out there who've responded Mm -hmm. and said they want more Jake's Takes. Mm -hmm. Now we have to design wristbands. What do you think? T-shirts. T-shirts. Gotta get some T-shirts. Headbands? Yes, headbands. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much to the producer of this podcast, David Tigaboo. Apologies that we had a truncated show this week, but you know, life is moving kind of fast. All the best, everybody. Please mask up. Please be safe. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs>